We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. I don't know about you, but Christmas is my favorite time of the year, and I've made a commitment to try to speak to someone from a different country every year about their Christmas experience and traditions. This year, we're diving into Italian Christmas traditions, and what better person to talk to than author of the brand new graphic novel, Genu, Tom, over at Tom and LA Books today. So we're going to spend time today talking about Italian traditions, Italian food, and maybe a few questions about what's in this very Italian Christmas book. Let's talk with Tom today and find out all about it. All right, Tom, so we've got a burning question here. We need to know. What are your favorite Italian Christmas traditions? Yeah, yeah. So this could be um, six and a half hours uh, type of essay. <laughs> on that. <laughs> I know that it's it's a difficult question. Okay, it's not easy even for an Italian because, uh, as you guys know, um, the boot is very long because it's all fragmented, each little province, each little region, each little town has their own, you know? Oh, that's so fine. I'm sure that your viewers uh, are expecting nothing less. So let's get ready, okay? <clears throat> all right, I got my notes grab, ready. Let's do this. I, grab right. my notepad. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I'm maybe, ready. Maybe we start off with the fine-tuned question of where in Italy are you originally from, Tom? Like, Tell us a little yes. bit more about like your region specifically. Absolutely. So I was born in a town called Trento, T-R-E-N-T-O, Trento. And this town is up north, very, very close to Austria, to the border with, with Austria. Therefore, the culture, the environment, uh, the habits around the cultural traditions are very similar to the Austro-Hungarian type of uh, uh, culture up there. In fact, you wouldn't even think that they are typical Italian because of, of that difference from the stereotypical Italy that you might have in mind. No, you guys, because you're very sophisticated people, of course. Of course. Oh, <laughs> um, but, uh, the, but the you know, what makes my family uh, maybe interesting, and especially with my brother, because my mother is from Lecce, which is down south in Puglia. And so if you have Italy... This is the heel of the boot, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's try to do this. This is the heel <laughs> of the boot. This is Puglia. This is Calabria, and this is Puglia. And uh, so it's very, very down south. And uh, she's from there. Her family then uh, uh, migrated to the north. And, of course, the traditions from her family's point of view are totally different from the traditions of my father's uh, for Christmas. In fact, to the point that we used to have, back in my day, a dinner with my... Exactly, two Christmases. A dinner <laughs> with my mother's uh, um, family eating a type of food that was completely different from the food that we would eat 
at lunch on the 25th with my father's family. So that's two Chris, uh, a tale of two Christmas. Wonderful. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, so, so food is something that we're going to have to get into. I don't know if we're doing it right now, Tom, but maybe, maybe we go back to, to young Tom. Let's, let's think about when, when Tom Hmm. was 10 years old, right? What are some of the, what are some of the traditions that you remember from a youth that just like bring back some of that nostalgia for you? Well, it was a very nostalgic time because the Second World War had just uh, finished, and uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit late after that. But uh, in terms of traditions, I'm sure what we what I can bring as an example is uh, we had some, um, let's say, quasi quasi religious tradition, which was as as very little kids. My grandpa um, was in charge to make us believe that baby Jesus was coming as a little light flying around and bringing us the gifts. So Mm -hmm. he had us next to the window looking out for fast moving lights in the sky that there would be baby Jesus bringing the gifts instead of Santa. So that's already a difference with uh, a, a wow. big portion of uh, of Europe, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, because we didn't really have Santa. We had baby Jesus. And uh, but this thing that it was a, a little light, I think, was completely my grandpa's creation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, but he was very good at uh, convincing us. And so when you're a kid, you, you also tend to see the things that you're imagining, right? Mm-hmm. So I still can remember actually seeing the little light uh, and it's in my memory. So either he was, uh, you know, a magician or something, but we actually saw that light with my brother. And it was a way to distract the kids while uh, the, obviously the gifts were were positioned, you know. That was one of the great traditions. Uh, we always had uh, the... Oh my! I don't, I don't even know if uh, if I know the word in English. Nativity, the nativity just uh, mm-hmm. uh, underneath the, the tree, and uh, depending on where Christmas would take place, it could be in town in Trento, or up in the mountain because Trento is surrounded by the Alps, by by the mountains, and that was the best of the best to spend Christmas Eve in the mountains, completely covered in snow was the very, very best thing, you know, especially because there are so many trees up there and pine trees that everybody can just go out and grab one and that's your tree, you know. <laughs> you don't need to really make a, a big effort. And, um, yeah, that, that that was my favorite when, when we when we spent uh, the Christmas Eve up there, which is maybe 30 minutes, 35 minutes from, from the city of Trento. It's a town that has... 90,000, 100,000 people. So you you had the same kind of traditions, I guess we still have today with the trees. Now, like, was there a special, uh, like, we always kind of decorated it um, and then, you know, put out, the presents got put out and then Santa brought their presents, you know, on Christmas morning. Um, were there any special traditions of like decorating the tree or when, what presents came when? Do you guys have stockings? Was there anything like the you got the coal if you were a bad boy? Baby Jesus didn't bring you anything. <laughs> so like it's what are some of the similarities between American no, no, no. Christmas you're, and um, Italian? You're Christmas? actually mentioning some very interesting, very interesting points because um, 
the gifts for us were always only on the, um, on the eve of 20, the 24th. Mm-hmm. So we would receive the gifts on the evening of the 24th. And then on the 25th, we would just celebrate with this other, you know, family and, uh, and have lunch. But uh, uh, yeah, you, you, you mentioned the, the kind of call for, uh, that's actually interesting because we had another more kind of religious oriented tradition, which was uh, St. Lucy. And St. Lucy in uh, Italy, well, she came two days ago. She comes on the 13th of December. And she was a Sicilian saint. She was blind. Uh, she she kind of flies on her donkey and she comes to your house. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's what she does. She flies That's on cool. her donkey. She comes to your house. And, uh, and she is the one who, if you have not been a good kid, she will leave a, a lump of coal for you. So uh, back in our times, I think we had something like, uh, like sugar, uh, you know, fake coal made of sugar. Mm-hmm. And a couple of times, both me and my brother received that <laughs> for, from, from St. Lucy, which... Uh, <laughs> Which wasn't great, but it was still sugar. So, you know, it's not proper coal, you know? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but I, I don't think Italians use the, um, how do you call it, the sock for... Um, stocking. For, the stocking for Christmas. Uh, that's not an Italian tradition. I, I was a, a, an exchange student... In, in the US when I was 15. And so there I, I lived my first different Christmas. And so, you know, the, the gifts being open in the morning of the 25th was something completely new for me. The stockings were something completely new for me. Um, and nobody mentioned baby Jesus or <laughs> something, <laughs> something new. Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Um, it's weird, man, because... Uh, and it's cool that you're doing this series because you can see really so many differences from uh, all, all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did um, Germany last year. And if you were bad in Germany, you got kidnapped by like Krampus <laughs> or Bell's Nickel. I was like, whoa, you got serious over here, Germany. <laughs> yeah. They don't, don't mess, mess around. around. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't mess with them at all. <laughs> yep. I, I think it's appropriate, though, that your your country doesn't use the stocking considering that you're country looks like a boot so yeah <laughs> i never thought about that that's a good point <laughs> we're gonna add a little special special effect special sound. so tom I- i've told you before i spent a little little amount of time in italy and it just so happened it was after thanksgiving now i was in florence firenze and it was like it was amazing where i was there as they were putting up the markets. I don't know if that's common across all, it is. Of, all of Italy. Okay. Okay. That was going to be my question is when do you see those markets pop up and what was that like? Do, does, does everybody go to the markets like on the weekends? Is it like you go once? Like what, what is the tradition of markets in your experience? Yeah, it is. It is a, a tradition that, that happens all over Italy. Um, but the content, the products that are being sold in each market are again, completely different because it's an opportunity for local, um, you know, crafts and craftsmen from not only from the town, but kind of the valleys all around to come to town and bring their, 
um, how do you say hand handwork handiworks and, and everything that they maybe it's something in wood or or paintings or 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 some specific type of wine or honey really really lovely stuff and uh, of course up in the north is going to be more kind of wine related you know the the warm wine there are many kinds of, of the type of wine the spice wine with clover which is delicious um and a lot of uh, candles and, and 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 wooden sculptures this is very typical of, of northern italy and of course uh, all types of foods from sausages to cheeses that come from the mountain <sighs> Yes, yes. Don't give me some love though. language right there. Yeah. No, Leslie, you didn't like the food story, remember? Didn't like <laughs> I didn't the like story. the food story, but if I'm eating it, that's a whole completely different matter altogether. Now let's let's ask Tom about that because so we read this this collection of stories called A Very Italian Christmas. And one of the stories in there was I mean, the main character was food. The plot was food, the resolution. I mean, there was literally no character work. It was just talking about lots of different types of food. In my, experience, in, in my experience, when I was walking there, like walking around like those markets or even going into stores, Italians are super friendly. They're like, hey, man, you want some grappa? And I'm like, what, what, what's grappa? They're like, come in the back. Let me show you where we got some grappa. And like, they'll just give you this, uh, what is it made out of like the grape skins or something like that? Like it's like a mm -hmm. shot, uh, this yes. like the limoncello and stuff like that. Like they're super friendly, but super into food. Like, um, like talk to me more about Italian food here. Yeah. Let's I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, there's no, there's no tradition really that is as important as food when it comes to Italy. Um, <laughs> Especially because it doesn't matter, you know, at the end of the day, you always end up around the table with your family or friends or whoever it is. And uh, and food is extremely important, probably historically for Italy, also because of the importance that Italian culture gives to the family, you know, in itself. Mm -hmm. And so Italians are, in, in cultural terms, much more similar to Mediterranean uh, people, Mediterranean cultures that... Uh, really highlight the importance of being with your family, spending time with your family. Um, in the, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that Anglo-Saxon cultures do not, you know, consider the family important. But there is a a, 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 a different degree, a different degree, and so the uh, children or sons and daughters leaving their the home as soon as they hit around 18 or 19, which generally happens in Anglo-Saxon countries, uh, historically, has almost never happened in Italy, you know? Uh, I mean, there are some excesses of, you know, my old friends who are still my age and still living with their parents, but that's a little bit excessive. <laughs> but, uh, but you get to an average of maybe, you know, university time and right after university, 25, 26, still living at home and then leaving. And even if, and even when they leave, maybe because they live in the same town, which is not very big, mm -hmm. um, they will still spend a lot of time with the parents and keeping the family together, you know, which uh, I think the United States in particular, uh, it's, a, it's a country that doesn't lend itself to this because it's so easy for the U.S. to just give you opportunity here, there, study here, study there. And so once you're 19, you're, you're taking off, you know. 
so that's a big a big difference um and of course i mean whenever i think about christmas the central character that i that my memory goes to and maybe the the warmest memories that i have is my grandma mima her name was angela but her nickname in the family was mima so grandma mima and uh, she used to prepare for us this uh, <laughs> the name in uh, leche dialect is pitule p-i-t-t-u-l-e pitule and if you look at them they don't look very good they're almost <laughs> like uh, the ugly but good they're they're little ugly uh you would you would say they're almost like gnocchi but they're not because they are fried and they're made with mainly potato bread capers tuna um and anchovy and anchovies as well so <laughs> a concentrated of uh, flavors uh fried and this okay as caloric as it sounds was the antipasto for the Christ, mm. for the christmas evening so the appetizer mm. if you will. appetizer you would get yeah. uh, you know 4500 calories as an appetizer <laughs> um, now the important pitole. thing pitole pitole and uh, if you i'm sure if you google you can you can easily find pitole um they're delicious they're absolutely delicious which is part of the problem because once you start you know you cannot stop and this is the appetizer stop it stop it it's appetizer the huge <laughs> stuff is is gonna come there's more there's more but uh, obviously you don't stop and you, you you keep going now the the psychological problem uh, is that grandma mima would not accept uh, a, a no obviously as i say no i don't want that and <laughs> the other thing that she wouldn't accept is um some some leftovers, some some food in your plate. Oh right? no! Not only in terms of a discipline around the table, but in terms of a personal affront, a personal affront. You you <laughs> hate me. You hate me personally. <laughs> left a little piece of pitula in that plate. So, but she wouldn't be aggressive at all. She would be, you know, very like, oh, yeah. I thought you. You're not, very, you're not a big fan of the pitole, right? Yeah, yeah I, I know, I know. That kind of uh, uh, passive uh, killer aggression. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you would need to negotiate a lot of, of that type of uh, psychological uh, warfare. Oh, my God. We usually wouldn't eat anything from the morning. And uh, I mean, it wasn't that there was something very specific for dinner. And this is also interesting because some Italian families always make something particular um as the main dish for for their mm. christmas evening but we didn't and grandma mima used to make uh puglia or leche type of meals and dishes always changing it could be one time it was um scallops with gratin with uh, bread you know oh some crumbs of bread or uh, um she was great at making lasagnas of all different kinds and uh mm. and that was only the because so we would do properly you know uh, appetizer first and then seconds uh seconds with uh, side dishes and dessert so by the time you get to the dessert uh, the the very best dessert she would make was uh tiramisu and uh, my husband loves that stuff yeah, but I don't know if I am able to explain to you 
that I might have tried hundreds of different tiramisu in the world, but never ever as just smooth as silk and mm. uh, light and but tasty at the same time as Grandma Mimas. That was the that, absolute perfection, absolute perfection. That was love. It's because mm-hmm. of the love. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can't beat it. You can't beat, <laughs> you can't it, beat you know? that. <laughs> um, so that, and was, that sounds that sounds like so much more like Italian slash romantic than than my my grandma. My grandma would brought a cheese ball. Everybody wanted the cheese ball. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got like all this tiramisu and pitoule, and I'm like, yeah, we we had we had like Ritz crackers and cheese. It was cool. See, it's it's a work of art because my husband's father cooks. He's he's got a cookbook that's coming out this year Ooh. that's sweets. And he took his grandmother's recipes and he's kind of changed them and tweaked them a little bit. And he's printing a book and he took, he's also a photographer. So he took pictures of everything and he wrote a little story about how he made that with his grandmother growing up or watching her make it as a, as a kid. And there's just a whole bar full of pies and cheese. Cheesecake is his big claim to fame. And wow. I'm so ready. Wow, Tom, Tom, where does um where does Pandoro or Panettone fit on like the the level of Christmas dishes? Because I I ordered both of those. I was so excited. I sent you pictures when I read about them in the books, and you you said like, oh yeah, yeah, you got to try this. I ordered it because it looks so good. Is that just like a staple, or is that something that you don't see as often there? No, it is a staple. It definitely is a staple. It's something that uh, um, you could you could say that is one of the few truly national. Uh, food traditions because you're going to find panettone in Lecce, in Sicily and up in Trento you know, the same because um, the two main brands in Italy are called Bauli and Melegatti and I noticed here in Los Angeles I, I can find some Bauli, uh, I'm not sure about Melegatti uh, and then I can I can find some uh, other brands that sound like Bauli but they're not the original Italian ones uh, and there is a certain difference, of course. But, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting because panettone is not something that is easy to make at home. You know, you, you can, if you want, to make a panettone at home, but it's a pretty complicated and sophisticated um, cake to make. And and uh, it's originally from Milan. That's where, he, where, that's where he was born from. And then he, he kind of caught on and became... Uh, a traditional staple for for all Italy. The only difference between panettone and pandoro, as far as I know, I wouldn't want to speak, you know, say something wrong um, about uh, this Italian tradition. But pandoro is simply a simplified version of panettone because in the original panettone there are a lot of raisins, but also uh, candied fruit of all kinds, a lot mm-hmm. of them. And mm-hmm. some pe- exactly like Leslie, some people. Are not very happy about uh, candy fruit, so naturally, you know, they have this uh, alternative option. So you could say Pandora is kind of a B series panettone that makes mm. more people m- makes more people happy. You know, B series panettone. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Tom. Let me ask you another question. Um, Krypton, we've read a lot of uh, Russian stories over the last few years, and we'd see things on there like in terms of like a. Uh, you know, today is so-and-so's name day where there's like a, a day where like, uh, you know, like they're celebrating the saint of, of that name and such. They mentioned that in some of the Italian stories too. 
Is that something that's still observed in Italy today or, or is that a thing of the past? No, for sure, for sure. Um, it comes from the Catholic tradition and uh, and that where that's where St. Lucy, for example, it's a good example of, right? On, the, on December 13th, every year in St. Lucy, you got, you got, I was, uh, I was kind of celebrating St. Thomas, which uh, I think happens twice a year, but it's on the 28th of January. And so the Italian calendar does uh, have um, all the saints. If you buy a, a printed calendar in Italy, you will find the name of the saint on every, on every day. That's how pervasive the the Catholic Church is in Italian in Italian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, depending on how much uh, religion matters for a specific family, then obviously on the night of the twenty fourth, we were religious. We would go to mass at midnight mm-hmm. to celebrate mass, and uh, and that was our main religious celebration. After dinner, a little bit in the stupor because after grandma mima's uh food uh, we would uh, <laughs> still be able to but you know it's cold enough to make to wake you up and uh and so the midnight mass was the the main type of some people in italy celebrate the christmas mass on the 25th and so every single tradition when when really you talk about tra- italian traditions in one way or the other will be linked to to catholic traditions Hmm. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. We'd read this book and we were wondering if the book felt a little biased or if they were having to pick some, why they handpicked these stories because they all felt a little bit sad and many of them had very heavy religious undertones. Some of them were overtly religious. There was no getting it, but everything seemed to have some type of tie to religion. So that makes a little bit more sense that that is still the very focal point of, of Italy Christmas, even to this day, probably. Yeah, um, for sure. So I don't know about sad because knowing a lot of Italian folklore stories, there's of all kinds, joyful, happy, sad or not. Okay, that's good. Um, but uh, if I think about, you know, very famous traditional story, think about Pinocchio. Okay, Pinocchio was written by Collodi. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the latest Guillermo del Toro um, re- uh, version of, of uh, Pinocchio. Uh, I happen to have seen it only a couple of days ago, and uh, it's wonderful. It's magnificent. It, it's really uh, better than the classic Disney movie in the sense that uh, it takes away that excessive um, sugar mm-hmm. that uh, Disney gave to the story. Mm-hmm. And it, and it makes it a little closer to the original by Carlo Collodi, who was the author of Pinocchio. And that uh, and also brings back the presence of the church in the story of Pinocchio. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not a religious story, but it's a story that, because it's Italian, in the beginning of the 20th century, cannot prescind from having some kind mm-hmm. of um, intertwined element of, of the church. Um, and it's interesting because if you guys know another very famous uh, typical Italian story uh, or book, it's called Cuore, which means heart in Italian. Have you ever heard about it? Mm-mm. I haven't. Mm-mm. So I wrote a, a long review on Goodreads, just in case anybody <laughs> wants to go there. But uh, 
Cuore is a little bit older than Pinocchio. It's from 1870, 1880. And uh, it's basically uh, the story of an entire classroom during Italy, an Italian classroom, you know, around the last two decade of the 19th century. And uh, it's great because the, the author was so anti-church that in the entire novel, it doesn't even mention Christmas. It, it doesn't even mention, he kind of wow. took out every um, religious element and that makes it sound very weird to an Italian mm -hmm. because you feel like, oh, something pretty Italian is missing here. Um, and for, uh, for this reason, Cuore or Heart, uh, the author, by the way, is... Um, Oh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna remember in a, in a moment, but uh, it, this particular story was taken by uh, communist uh, regimes later on in the 20th century, like mm -hmm. for example Romania, Bulgaria, as a propaganda piece. So they were using it, or Poland as well, as a propaganda piece to see to show how good communist kids had to behave. Oh, at school, wow. discipline, uh, because they didn't talk about religion. Mm. Uh, very, very interesting uh, um, little novel. And uh, yeah, so that's in, in school, in Italian schools, they teach this uh, heart, this cuore, and uh, every single Italian student hates it. <laughs> it's like, oh no, cuore, <laughs> God. Ah. But, um, my my extent of Italian Christmas knowledge is one thing: the song Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey, and it is not Christmas time <laughs> until I hear that song. I love that song. The Italian Christmas Donkey. I don't even know it. It's Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey. <laughs> Definitely not an Italian song. I'll tell you that. Let's let's uh, flip that around. It's Tom, so what are what are some Italian songs for those that are interested in checking out some more into like you know possibly Italian Christmas songs? What would be some that you would recommend for us to go listen and check out? There are some uh, uh, traditional Christmas songs, and uh, they are really um, folk songs that have to do with Christmas. So the title will have to do something with with uh, Christmas, which which means Natale. So every song in Italian that has Natale in the title generally is one of those uh, songs uh, but i have to say sadly i was asking my friends who live in italy just recently i was asking them um oh yeah there was a, a friend of mine who was kind of complaining you know i cannot go into any store and i get bombarded by this christmas music and i was asking him okay but is it italian music or is it uh maria carey and he goes <laughs> <laughs> and and sadly he said it's actually Mara Carey. <laughs> She's the queen of Christmas. Can't even get away from her in Italy. Mm -mm. She's... I swear, midnight on October 31st, midnight, she starts playing here. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stop until probably well, New Year's. <laughs> I don't have anything yeah. against it, but uh, it's not, let's, let's just say it's not an Italian traditional song. <laughs> no that's fair that's fair all right we're coming up on the end of our time here tom i got one more question for you on my end what was the your most favorite present you've ever received oh Christmas? my god Ooh. okay it was called uh, electrobral okay and uh, this was many many years ago and it was 
an educational game um, to teach kids how electricity works. So you would have some uh, obviously small batteries in the box. It was a box. And uh, you would connect the cables, uh, the two cables, right, to the positive and negative. And then you would have your brother, didn't you? That's actually the first thing I tried to do, but unfortunately it was too low voltage. Oh man. Um, but it's even now thinking back, there was such a, a great, really educational, you know, game that was also incredible fun because you could build all sorts of little things with it even at a very, very low voltage, you know. Um, maybe it still exists in some form or another, but uh, I remember loving it so much. And uh, I think uh, the same year, my brother received something like the the little chemist, you know, one, one of those things. Mm -hmm. What about you guys? Awesome. I would love to hear what, what your favorite uh, gift was or present. Probably my Atari when I was five. That got me into video games. Mm. That sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. Mine was the Nintendo, good old 8-bit. Yeah. We uh, we were playing hide-and-seek in my, my basement, and I accidentally stepped on this box that was hiding. Oh, no. Nintendo. <laughs> and I was about eight years old, so I saw this thing, and I was so excited because everyone at my school had Nintendo except me. And I ran upstairs. This is the only time in my life I've ever hyperventilated. I was like, oh, 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 Nintendo. <laughs> and I was just so excited. I remember and, uh, when I got mine. Yeah, but I wasn't allowed to play it until Christmas. They made, they made me keep it wrapped. What, what, uh, what game did you uh, uh, play the most? Tetris? It came with a three-pack of, of Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers, three. Duck Hunt, okay. and uh, Track and Field. So we actually had the pad. And me and my sisters, it's like this pad of like eight dots. And you'd stand oh, wow. you know, you'd stand next to each other and you're like racers. So it's like, on your marks, get set, go. And you had to jump up and down on these dots as fast as possible. To get your characters <laughs> well, I guess your go. parents love that. Wore y'all out quick, fast, uh -huh. and in a hurry. Why don't, why don't you guys go play track and field? <laughs> Wear yourselves out a little bit. <laughs> Super Mario 3 was the one I played the most on regular Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, Crypto? Uh, I think I've told the story before um, a couple of years ago. I think when we did this on uh, the very Russian Christmas, but uh, 1991, I got my Super Nintendo. So mine was a video game console. Uh, we're all nerds. So, um, yep. <laughs> we, we just yeah. went in generations like Atari, Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just yep. a, little, a generation a little further back. <laughs> right. And I, and I said some kind of fake little electrician. If we go back a little bit more, we get to a wooden, a wooden horse. <laughs> Guys, thank you for spending time with us today. If you want to learn more about Tom and his awesome graphic novel, head over to his channel, Tom at LA Books, and ask him questions. Obviously, you can see he's a great guy. So please, thank you again for spending time and spend some time getting to know Tom as well. Peace out, everyone.